0: We give you the chance to hear many different people that are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Florence Stratton and Ed Lehman. Today, the peace movement is not nearly as visible in the mainstream as it has been at certain moments in the past. 2003, for instance, or points in the 1980s or in the late 1960s. Yet a wide range of activities to oppose war and militarism and to promote peace with justice continue to happen in communities across the country. Take, for instance, Regina, Saskatchewan. It has not one, not two, but three active peace groups. The newest of those groups, and the focus of today's show, is PeaceQuest Regina, a local affiliate of a national chapter-based organization. Since the chapter in Regina was founded in 2014, they've done plenty of work both on their own and in conjunction with the other peace groups in the city to counter our dominant culture of war and injustice and to build a culture of peace. This has included numerous interventions in the community through things like peace walks, teach-ins, memorials, and more and it has also included work specifically focused on challenging militarism in the education system. The biggest piece of the school-focused work has been opposition to provincial government attempts to institute a program offering military training to high school students, a campaign in which they claim a partial victory as the program was suspended this year due to low enrollment, though the government intends to push forward with it again next year. As well, they're in the beginning stages of a campaign to get a peace studies course added to the high school curriculum. Florence Stratton and Ed Lehman are both longtime participants in movements for peace and justice, and they're two of the core members of PeaceQuest Regina. They talk with me about the hard work of building a culture of peace in the community and in schools, and what a Canada that truly embraced peace might look like. We spoke by Skype to phone from Regina.
1: I'm Florence Stratton, I live in Regina, and I am very involved in the peace and justice movement in Regina. 1968, I went to Sierra Leone as part of CUSO, planning to stay for two years and ended up staying there 19. I came to understand many of the injustices of the world, colonialism, the ravages of war, and came back, I would say, a much better person. My education really took off in Sierra Leone, shall we say. I learned more, I'm sure, than I ever taught anybody there. And then I, what did I do next? I spent a couple of years at the Catholic Worker in New York. It's a house of hospitality for homeless people, and if you're there as a volunteer, you live in solidarity with poor people. It's also a radical or progressive newspaper. And then I came back to Regina, taught some years at the University of Regina, And since retiring, have been able to put much of my energy into the peace and justice movement. A word about PeaceQuest. It's a national movement formed in Kingston in 2013 under the auspices of the Sisters of Providence of St. Vincent de Paul. The Regina Group had its first meeting in June 2014, and we've been meeting every six weeks ever since. We have about 50 members, some more
2: active than others, but all deeply committed to peace. My name is Ed Lehman. I was one of the co-founders of PeaceQuest Regina in the summer of 2014. Since my high school days, I've been active on peace and justice issues. My first peace campaign actually was an effort to raise funds to build a children's hospital in Vietnam way back in the early 70s. I spent about a dozen or so years as an active trade unionist and later went to university in my 40s and became an English and social studies teacher. I'm now a full-time peace and social justice activist. I live in two parts of Saskatchewan, which is a small town about 45 minutes northeast of Regina, where I'm a member of town council. 2014, when we decided to form Peace Quest here, there were two active peace groups in Regina at that time, one being Making Peace Visual, which hands out leaflets on peace and social justice issues every Thursday downtown, and the Regina Peace Council, which was formed right after World War II as part of a Canadian Peace Congress and is part of the World Peace Council movement. I've been involved with the Regina Peace Council since I was 17, so since about 1970, although I was away from Arizona for a few years in between. And in the Arizona Peace Council, we were looking for other peace groups to work with. And when we heard of the work that Peace Quest Nationally was doing, we were very impressed with their work around building a culture of peace and their work to counter the warmongering message of Stephen Harper. So we thought having a Peace Quest group in Regina doing similar work would be a strengthening of a peace movement in the city, and certainly that has been the case. Many of our projects here in Regina are similar to the projects that Peace Quest National is involved in although they have four main streams of work that they're very strong on, and we're not maybe quite as organized as they are, but we have been working also in the area of education, and we were very involved with the other two peace groups in a battle to not have military training in the high school, and we won a partial victory in that struggle in that the provincial government has suspended the program and we're, of course, hoping that it will now be cancelled. We're also working on a number of initiatives For example, in October, during Keep Space for Pew Week, we will be one of the co-sponsors of an event at the university to discuss the question of keeping Canada formally out of joining the so-called ballistic missile defense program of the United States, which is one of the questions that the Canadian Defense Review was just Looking at, unfortunately, most people in Canada are not aware of the fact that we have just undergone a Canadian defense review, which ended July 31st. In the review, they considered doubling, possibly, the military spending of Canada, joining the ballistic missile defense of the United States, and more formally, joining the various military efforts of the US around the globe.
1: The goal of PeaceQuest is to foster a culture of peace in the context of official war-mongering and war-making. There's been a change in government since PeaceQuest was founded, but sadly there has been no need to make any radical change in the PeaceQuest mandate. The Trudeau government talks a better talk, that is, it's less overt in its warmongering, but it seems to walk almost the same walk as the Harper government, being very war-making in its actions. On the one hand, the Trudeau government pulled Canada's six fighter jets from the war in Iraq and Syria, and on the other hand, it retained Canadian refueling and surveillance aircraft in the region to assist with the bombing campaign proxy bombing, as some have called it, and it tripled the number of Canadian troops on the ground. The Trudeau government has also extended Canada's military mission in Iraq and Syria for another 12 months and budgeted it over a three-year period to 2019. Endless war, it seems, and in July, the Trudeau government committed to sending troops to Latvia as a part of the new NATO defense force to, quote, deter Russian aggression. So despite the change in government, the Peace Quest mandate remains more or less the same, to foster a culture of peace in the context of official war making. We seem to try and foster a culture of peace by reminding people of the possibility of peace. The media seems to take war for granted, as does the government, despite it's now talking about peacekeeping, which I'd like to say a few words about a little later. There are a number of things we've tried to do to remind Reginians and people in the province of the possibility of peace. As Ed mentioned, there was the campaign against the military training program where we talked about the militarization of schools and the whole education syllabus. For the past two years, we've also led a walk as part of Regina Jane's walks. This year's walk was called Walk for Peace and Justice. We've partnered with Knox Met to create a peace garden, and there's a huge brick peace symbol right in the corner of that garden on a very busy downtown corner in Regina. With the assistance of City Hall, we raise the peace flag every September 21st in front of City Hall and make an occasion of it. We're sponsoring a peace symbol contest, and we've got about nine entries where people make a peace sign out of anything they wish to make it out of, take a photo of it, and send it to us. They receive a peace gift, and three of them will receive a substantial peace prize in the end. And we have an ongoing postcard campaign asking Prime Minister Trudeau to work for peace in Iraq and Syria. We're also concerned
2: by things like Islamophobia and the scapegoating of Canada's indigenous peoples. We think a culture of peace is a culture that would encourage all people living in Canada to treat each other with respect and dignity.
1: There must be justice for there to be peace. That's something we've reiterated from the beginning. There isn't going to be peace until there is justice. And there's a long way to go,
2: both within Canada and abroad, too. When we look internationally, we're concerned about what the new purchases of warplanes and warships by Canada are going to be used for. And we're also concerned what this will mean, the spending of $30 billion on Canada, because this is $30 billion that is robbing our cities and towns of needed infrastructure and robbing our First Nations of needed infrastructure as well. We see this spending is causing more and more problems internationally, rather than helping to bring peace anywhere. This additional spending and Canada joining in more U.S. war-making is not going to be any kind of a solution to find peace. All the trillions the U.S. has spent on war has not helped find peace anywhere. And when something is wrong and not working, you don't fix it by doing more of the same.
1: I mean, there is so much injustice within this country. I mean, I live within a mile of Regina's north-central neighborhood where a good percentage of the children grow up in poverty, and instead of addressing those issues, we're spending money on more war machinery. It's unbelievable.
0: Maybe let's go into more detail about a couple of the initiatives that you just mentioned. Let's start with the campaign against military training in the high schools.
1: Within a month of Peace Quest Regina being founded, the provincial government announced that military training was being added to the curriculum of Regina high schools, both public and Catholic, for grade 11 and 12 students. The program had some specific features that are important in that many of them were evidently aimed at enticing students to take the program. For example, it was offered during regular school hours. The students who took the program earned two credits toward graduation, and they were also paid $2,000. So there was a big bribe, you might say, there. It wasn't just PeaceQuest. It was four Saskatchewan peace groups, the three Regina ones and the Saskatoon Peace Coalition. We worked together on a campaign to have this program canceled. We did a number of things. We ran a workshop, which was very well attended. We ran a letters to the editor campaign and then also a petition campaign, which garnered over 2,000 signatures and drew lots of people's attention to the whole issue. We eventually handed the petition in at the legislature, which again got us a lot of media attention. There were so, so many questions that that military training program gave rise to. I mean, should we be educating our children for war? Shouldn't we be encouraging them to resolve conflicts nonviolently? Should our schools be endorsing war? What's the difference between a military training program and the use of child soldiers? And so on. It fits right into the Peace Quest mandate as well as into the mandate of the other peace groups in the province. And then we were absolutely delighted when we heard in early 2016, it was January 2016, the program for 2016 was canceled due to low enrollment. When the program ran in 2015, out of a possible enrollment of 40, only nine students graduated from the program. By the time January 16 rolled around, the school boards of both school assistants had had workshops to encourage students to apply to the program, but even with all of that, only five students had successfully enrolled. Now, according to the military and the education officials, the reason for the low enrollment was that the military application process was, I'm quoting, very rigorous, and students were unprofessional when it came to filling out applications, and they didn't meet application deadlines. But, of course, the peace groups have a very different view. I think the school board's and the military's view of Regina High School students is very insulting. They're, in fact, very smart. They know what happened in Afghanistan, the many dead and wounded Canadian soldiers, the high rate of PTSD among Afghan vets, and the descent into chaos in Afghanistan. I mean, of course, we would like to think that we, the peace groups, could take a bit of the credit for the program's cancellation. We certainly did raise public awareness, but Regina's young people, I think, deserve all of the credit. They turned down $2,000. They said no to being educated for war. Now, as Ed said, the school boards and the military insist that the cancellation of the program is temporary, and they intend to make it available again in 2017. So our work continues. We have called on the two school boards to respect the student's decision and cancel the program permanently. And we're also working on getting a course in peace studies in the high school curriculum. Study War No More. We're still singing that song.
0: That must be quite a controversial campaign. I can imagine that there would be people in the Regina community that would very strongly hold a very different position on the question of military training in high schools than PeaceQuest Regina. So tell me a bit more about the kinds of conversations and debates that have emerged in the course of this campaign.
2: Well, we were condemned quite strongly by one of the Saskatchewan party members of the legislature. His
1: name is Yogi Hugo Bear.
2: He is a retired military man who described us very unflattering. As As
1: the cave unit, citizens against virtually everything. But one of our members came up with a clever uh, renaming. Yes, we are the cave unit. We're citizens against violence everywhere. Also, I've collected a lot of signatures standing on cold and windy street corners. And some of the people who were very against our petition, their comments were tinged with racism The young people in this city, and really young people was a code word for indigenous people. Young people in this city need discipline, da 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 da. And you you know, the next sentence would make it very clear that they were talking about indigenous young people. And then generally, you know, the older generation thinking badly of all young people, they all need discipline.
2: And then there was also the argument put forth that these military Training programs give young people opportunity and they can learn a trade and get very valuable skills by taking these courses that they will be able to benefit from in the future. So one of the suggestions we made was that we think that instead of seeing this as a job creating or training ground that we would be in favor of the government bringing back the Katimovic program, which did give young people opportunities to travel across Canada and try their hand at different types of work. And even though the Prime Minister had been a director of that program at one stage, he has yet to keep his promise of putting $25 back into the program.
1: Both of the main political parties were for the military training program, so it wasn't just the governing Sask Party government, it was also the NDP. They did defend us against Hugo Bearer's comments, but they were very, very supportive of the military program. So there was nobody inside the government that was on our side, shall we say.
0: And where are you at with the campaign to get a peace studies course into the high school curriculum?
1: The campaign is really right at the beginning. PeaceQuest in Kingston has a bunch of curricular material which we intend to take a serious look at and then try and make a proposal to the two school boards here. I don't think we can add much more detail. We're just really getting going on that.
0: Let's maybe switch away from your work focused on the school system into something in the broader community. Maybe tell me more about the Peace Walk that you mentioned.
2: The Peace Walk, we focused on locations in the downtown that have some significance in terms of a peace movement or movements for social justice. Too often, buildings are singled out honoring some military person or some very wealthy person. And we wanted to focus instead of that on a kind of social history connected with these various locations. For instance, locations where various peace workers used to live, memorials. We talked about the Onto-Ottawa track as one. We talked about banks and interest and the overall money system at another location.
1: We visited the Cenotaph and someone spoke on what World War One was really about, a you know, futile futile slaughter with John A. Macdonald. We talked about his policy of starvation of the Plains First Nations people right in the Regina area. We visited a club which was until a few years ago, the Assiniboia Club, which excluded Jewish people until the nineteen seventies and women until the nineteen eighties. And we had a we had really quite a huge turnout for that. I mean, more people than we expected. There were about fifty, I think. And we all learned about Regina's history, which is ongoing history of racism, violence, exclusion, sexism, homophobia. As we got to the end of it, we thought we could do it again with just a whole set of different locations. We spent time at the police station. I don't know if you've heard about the Simon Moccasin case, which has made national news, but a few years ago... Simon Moccasin, a young indigenous man who lives here, was walking home through downtown Regina and the police stopped him and demanded to know where he was going, see his identification, and he, you know, he asserted his charter rights and they slammed him against the wall and handcuffed him. And this case is about, I think, to go through various court systems or human rights challenges. So there's all of these issues that are not just in the past. I mean, John A. MacDonald is in the past, but the legacy of that is in the present, and there's the current injustices. It was self-educating as well as hopefully educating some other people too.
0: And turning briefly to the big picture, the national picture, what would be necessary for the Trudeau government to be able to genuinely say that they were following an agenda of peace?
1: Yeah, I'd like to say a few words about the Trudeau government and its campaign promise on a traditional personian peacekeeping agenda. And now we do have Canada gearing up for a peacekeeping mission in an unnamed as yet African country. But the concept of peacekeeping, even going back to 1948 when the UN first developed it, is problematic. In my view, it's an instance of Orwellian doublethink, and it's carried out by soldiers who bear arms and who have been professionally trained to kill. You can't really do peacekeeping while bearing arms. It seems that peacekeeping is more like war making. What we need are peacemakers. What would peacemaking involve? Currently, Canada is directly involved in war-making in Iraq, Syria, and Ukraine. And recently, the Trudeau government committed to a NATO military mission in Latvia. NATO is very clearly an aggressive military alliance which perpetuates violence across the globe. Canada also sells arms all over the world, including to Saudi Arabia, China, and the United States. Quote, the most warlike country on earth, according to former President Jimmy Carter. So to become peacemakers, we would have to stop making war in Iraq, Syria, and Ukraine, start making diplomatic peacemaking our top international priority, stop selling arms, and get out of NATO. So that's what peacemaking would look like.
0: What does PeaceQuest Regina intend to do over the next while to continue its work of building a culture of peace?
1: Any way that we can remind our communities that war is a disaster for everybody it touches. Soldiers are killed, maimed, traumatized. Civilians in the war zone pay a tremendous price. And citizens of countries engaged in war elsewhere also pay a price in that there are dead and injured loved ones. Money that could have been spent on education, affordable housing and health care goes to the military. And also, we need to carry on reminding people how incredibly stupid war is. If you see two children fighting on a playground, what do you do? Encourage them to keep on fighting or break up the fight and ask them to work out their differences in a nonviolent manner? And why do we continue to wage war? It's a question that we need to find as many ways as possible to present to our communities. And Well, we're still working on other ways we might do it other than the ones we've already talked about.
2: When the Cold War ended with the Soviet Union, there was supposed to be a peace dividend. Well, instead of getting a peace dividend, we got the war on terror. So what I would like to see is Canada and the U.S. having a peace dividend and taking money from the currently bloated North American arms budget and using it for the Canadian and American people for our needs because there are huge needs from one end of North America to the other. And it seems like every day there's another voice of austerity saying that another group of people should do more with less. Yeah. So I would like to see a major conversion program from arms spending to civilian needs right across North America.
0: You have been listening to my interview with Florence Stratton and Ed Lehman of PeaceQuest Regina. To learn more about their work, search for PeaceQuest Regina on Facebook. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen...